Kia ora and welcome to Our Changing World from Radio New Zealand National. First, it's time for the second in our series marking International Year of Soils. If you're a farmer, you probably know how many cows or sheep you have. But you should probably also know how many earthworms you've got, because the more worms you have, the healthier the soil and the better your grass grows. Our listeners off to the Manawatu with egg researchers Nicole Sean to find out about a project that is relocating worms to farms that don't have any. In this paddock here, we know that we've got the deep-burrowing earthworm and we've been trying to stimulate their numbers so that we can harvest them. And so we've got a number of plots where we've applied different treatments. So we've applied hay, sheep dung, cow dung and then just lime as well. And do you know what kind of response you've had or is this what you're trying to find out today? That's what we're trying to find out still. So we're in the process of sampling these and we'll look to see how best we can stimulate the earthworm abundance if we if we want to. If you want to. So you've yep. got a spade? I've got a spade so we can have a dig in one of the plots and see see what we find. When were these treated? About two months ago. So this is clearly the hay one. This is the hay one so we'll have a dig here. Basically, we've chosen different forms of organic matter because earthworms um, feed on the organic matter. So the more organic matter there is for them to feed on, the better it is. We can see here that they have been active here in the soil because we've got nice little round casts sitting on the soil surface. So there's clearly some worm activity there going is. on. There is. We chose this paddock because this one had quite good worm numbers in there anyway. Um, and we just wanted to make those worms as active and as making as many cocoons and as possible. Look at that. This is oh, wow. it's, this is great. Full of worms. It is. And so these, these are quite big worms. These are quite big worms and that's why those casts that you see on the surface were also quite quite large. So are these all the same kind of worm? The ones that we see here, yes they look like all the same kind of worm and this is the deep burrowing worm that we're interested in breeding. So that's that's great. So that these are introduced worm species? All the worms that we have in our pasture systems are exotic and so they arrived accidentally with the European settlers and so in the soil of the fruit trees they had worms and also these deeper burrowing earthworms came it is thought in the ship's ballast and so they dumped the ship's ballast and so they've spread from there. But this is a good thing because our native worms don't survive in this kind of paddock environment? No, no. So we've got lots of native earthworm species, over 200 species of natives, and they like our forest systems. And how many species of introduced ones have we got out here in the paddocks then? We've probably got about 12 common exotic worm species that we'll find in our pastures. They won't all be found everywhere. It's quite common that we might find sort of two to three species in a paddock. So if you um, find more than that, you're doing quite well, really. Um, we also have pastures which don't have any worms, and so we want to remedy that as well because worms do a great job in the soil to promote pasture growth. And that's because, A, those worm poos, those worm casts are good? Yes, yep, they're full of nutrients. And I also hear about worms aerating the soil. Is that a good thing? Yes, that's a great thing. Um, so they do a lot of burrowing, which the roots can follow, follow the burrows and improve the water and air movement throughout the soil. Now how many did you pick up there? You've got one, I two, just, three, four. I picked up four quite quickly. Six. Six. That's even without going to look so in how, the soil. So how long is that longest one? I mean it's a, sort of the length of your hand almost. Yeah, yep. If we have a look to see in this other part of the soil, we can see that... Oh, as you break it open. 
there's even more. There's tons and tons. And it's just one spadeful, isn't it? That is it's, one spadeful. It's really impressive. They're nice and active in here. And we've got a few different kinds as we break it open. Ah, and so that's a, a smaller, redder one. Yep. We've got a sort of chocolatey brown, and then the one we've just found is a reddy purple colour, and that's the dung worm. This darker one, what's that lighter brown saddle that it's got around it? Um, that means that it's an adult, and that's the reproductive part of the worm. You can see that the dung worm doesn't have that, so that is still a juvenile worm. Yeah. Then we've got, this is the most common type of worm that we've got. Again, it's a different colour, a little bit paler, then mm -hmm. this dung worm, and it's paler all along its body, whereas the dung worm is dark on the top and paler on the bottom. Yeah. Just to go back to the plots here, so this is, we said before it was one with the hay, so you've got to compare all those different treatments. Yes, so we'll, we'll be taking samples from each of these plots and looking to see where the largest worm populations are. And you just do that by digging up a... Yeah, the basically, same amount very... of dirt in each plot and seeing how many worms yes, are in there. Yes, it's just a spade spit that we collect and then we hand sort through the soil um, and collect the worms out, put them in some water and then we can um, take them away and identify them. So. And you found three species here, so that's pretty much what you'd expect to find? Yeah, that's pretty standard. Probably if we dug a little bit further we, we might find a few more. But three species is pretty good going, really, for New Zealand. And in a perfect pasture system, it would all have this sort of density of worm in it? Oh, no, this is this is a very high density, really. I've been out in the paddocks this morning, and we'll probably go there soon, but there you're generally looking at probably even in a good space, but 20 worms, you're doing quite well. If you've got no worms, then in the 80s when they introduced earthworms, they found that... Adding the earthworms increased pasture production by up to 20%, so that's huge really. That so is that, a really significant increase, so just due to the worms? Just due to the worms. In the pastures where there were no worms, a big thatch accumulated on top of the soil surface, and so because they feed on the organic matter, they break down that thatch layer, and then so the nutrients can go into the soil as well as the air and water. 20% is pretty significant really, I mean... What farmer wouldn't want that growth in pasture production? Yeah, exactly. And what I found here as well is an earthworm cocoon, which is um, quite a pale, what colour would you call it? It's sort of a beigey brown. Yeah. yeah. Slightly yellowy, and it's a bit like a large seed. That's got a little baby worm in One it. little baby worm. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, that's good. How many cocoons does one... Comes that, out of one worm. That depends on the species. Um, the bigger species lay fewer cocoons, and so um, that'll be this, from the big species. This is from the big species because it's a bigger, bigger, bigger cocoon. Um, but yes, these breeding plots seem to be doing well. They seem to be breeding, breeding the deep burrowing worms. And you can see here that this little bit of soil, you can see where the worms have been in, and there's just really nice big holes for that water and air to move through, and the roots to go deeper down into the soil. So yeah, in an ideal situation, you would have all three types of worms that we see here today. So the dung worm, the surface active earthworm, the grey worm, and then this deep burrowing earthworm. And so have all three working together. So they all have their different little roles within the soil. Would these be the same kind of worms that I'd have in my garden? Yes, you're likely to have these ones in your garden as well. Also another common one in people's compost is the tiger worm, the nice and stripy worm. Um, but you won't find those so much in our, in our pasture systems. 
So you're pretty happy with the number of worms here? I am. No, this is great because we, we want to basically get these deep burrowing worms and transfer them into paddocks that don't have the deep burrowing worms. So the more there are in each spade spit, the more breeding that can be done in, the, in their new paddocks. Okay, so relocating worms, is that what you've got to do this afternoon? Yes, that's what we're doing this afternoon. Shall we go and do it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. And the sound of the country spewing plovers, cows and a quad bike. Yeah. Well, it's good to be out in the field, isn't it? So we've driven down the road and round the corner to another Landcorp farm and we're in paddock number 49. So now what happens? It is. Well, all of these um, farms involved in this study, which is a sustainable farming fund project, carried out an earthworm survey. And that, that earthworm survey was funded by Beef and Lamb. Basically, they did a survey to just confirm for us beforehand whether they had the deep-burrowing earthworms or not. And what I'm going to do, first of all, is just to have a quick check, just to make sure that we haven't missed anything, because we don't need to introduce the deep-burrowing earthworms if they're already here. So, trusty spade once again. I'm digging a spade spit and lifting that out. And so we basically then just do what all the farmers had to do as part of the survey and just break it apart. And we're just having a look. So we can see that there's the grey worm, another grey worm. The grey worm is the most common type of worm that we've got in our pasture soils. And they are really important for our soils. They don't necessarily come up to the surface to feed on the organic matter, but they do a lot of burrowing within that top 15 centimetres and are really vital to improve our soil aeration. And they feed on the organic matter in that top 15 centimetres rather than feeding more on the dung on the surface. But as yep. you said, for a good balanced soil you really need the three kinds of worms. We do, so so that's what we're here to do today is just to add, add the deep burrowing worm. We've done some studies in the lab which has found that the, adding the deep burrowing one um, increases pasture production, particularly in the margins of the seasons, so in autumn and in spring. And so we want to introduce these into the pastures and see if that is actually the case under field conditions. So how do you go about translocating worms? Yeah, You've so got some bags in the back? We've got some bags in the back. But first we have to mark out our plot and take a few measurements. One of the aims of this project is to see how well the earthworms establish and how quickly they establish and I suppose if there's any sites where they're not establishing we can relate that may potentially to soil moisture. So good thing to measure. This here is what I measure my soil moisture with, it's called a TDR. It's got two little prongs at the end. Oh yes. And we just poke that into the ground and we push the button that says read and it tells us that the soil moisture is about 45% in this paddle. So how does that compare to the other paddocks you've tested today? Um, they've been round about, I suppose, the 35 to 45%. And we also can take a little temper soil temperature reading. And again, it's just a little probe that we push into the ground. 4.4. That's still a bit cool in that surface soil for the worms. And that's going to be the site where we do our introductions. We've got four different treatments. We've got Two, two control treatments um, and then we've got a treatment where we put the worms into the ground in bags where we've collected the worms, hand sorted them from the soil, put them into bags so we know exactly what we've got in there 
and then we've got turfs as well so that was collected from the breeding sites and those are put into the ground and so we compare can compare the bag versus the turf and the controls are what we're just applying lime so all of these will receive lime afterwards so the control plots get lime as well and that will be um, next year once the worms have had a chance to establish at these sites we'll be starting to measure pasture production and other things that such as rooting depth and water infiltration so how many years is the study going to run for it's a three-year project and yes it's only just started this month so we're getting lots of worms into the ground are you doing it just here in the Manawatu? No, so we've got three farms here on the land court farms. We've got another seven in the central plateau, which are land court farms as well. Um, those are a lot of ex-pine um, forest conversions. And then we've got ten farms in the Timaru area and then ten farms in the Omaru area. So the, 30 all up? 30 all up. Put it, putting out the bag treatment in this one. Okay. And so we're putting 16 bags in into quite a small area, and that's just to give them the greatest um, chance of establishing quickly. And then it's just a matter of digging them into the ground. And how many worms are in there? Um, there are at least six longer in each bag. Longer is a deep barring worm, sorry. Okay, so what's its so full scientific name? It's Aperodicta longer. Aperodicta. The common name for that we call it is the blackhead worm because, um, as you saw earlier, it's got quite a, quite a dark head. The reason we're interested in the deep barring worms is that we know that they're not found everywhere and a previous study found that the deep barring worms might not be absent from up to 6.5 million hectares of pasture land in New Zealand. And the South Island is a big area where we need to get them establishing. So you're just <laughs> liberally spreading some lime around. Why lime? Lime is good for worms. It helps them to, to grow, I suppose. They like the calcium in it. The, the good thing about the deep growing worms is that they, they are bigger, so they feed on more organic matter, but they also go deeper down into the ground, so that will help to get the roots going deeper. Then hopefully there'll be better productivity, lots of deep burrowing worms, and ultimately right. the farms will get more milk from the cows. That's right, and I suppose also a little bit of greater um, resilience in the systems in terms of they're able to go a bit deeper, so in terms of when it gets dry, you know, they can survive a little bit better as well as the plants if their roots are going deeper so so in terms of more productivity and greater resilience so so that's what we'll be measuring next year and that was nicole shon from ac research that's all for now for more check us out on the web radionz.co.nz forward slash our changing world kia ora mai